have your Bibles, let's turn for a few moments. I'm thinking, uh, let's look at uh, John chapter 20. John chapter 20. And the, we're just going to read one verse. It's, it's uh, the last verse of that chapter. John chapter 20, and it's verse 31. John chapter 20, and it's verse 31. <clears throat> the Gospel of John, chapter 20, and verse 31. says this. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. Let's pray. Our Father, we're thankful this morning. Lord, we've expressed this on a number of occasions already, but Father, let me, let me just express our thanks again one more time. Father, we're thankful today for the opportunity that we have to know your presence and to know your goodness, your mercy. We're thankful, Father, today on this Thanksgiving Sunday for all the many blessings that you have enriched our hearts and our lives with. Father, we're thankful for the country that we live in. And Father, for the, for the provinces that make up our home. Father, for the region and the, and the seasons that surround us and the leaves and the beauty of nature. And, and Father, the, the great days that are, are part of our lives today. Father, we are so thankful to you for all of this. And Father, this morning, Lord, we, we're thankful for your presence that's here. We're thankful, Father, that as we sing these songs and choruses and uh, hymns and, uh, Father, these, these, uh, these words that have been put to music through the meditation of someone's heart and mind in adoration and, and just admiring who you are and what you're doing. And Father, as we join our hearts with the writers of all of these words, Lord, we are, we are so thankful for the rich blessings that you surround our lives with spiritually. And Father, today, Lord, you know our hearts. And Father, we are aware of your presence here. We are aware, Father, that you desire to meet with your people, that you, are, you desire to, to receive the praise and adoration of your people. We, we, are, we are mindful, Father, that you are searching for a certain type of worshiper to worship you. Holy Spirit, you are the spirit of truth. I'm asking in Jesus' name that you would guide us into your truth even as we recognize your presence and your leading, even as we set before you these tokens of praise and worship, I'm asking that you would break in on us in a greater and greater way. I'm asking, Father, that nothing would stand in the way of what you desire to do in this place, in our hearts, in these days, and even through this time this morning. Father, you know the needs that we have. Lord, we have, we have desired to be here with you. 
And Father, we come with our needs, we come with our joy, we come with our celebration. Father, we even come sometimes with our despair. But Father, we recognize that you are the fount of healing. You are the fount of renewal. You are the fount of, of all life. And Father, we just desire to be a part of your kingdom. And so, Lord, break in on us in a greater and greater way. Let nothing stand in the way of what you desire to do. Holy Spirit, lead us. Father, you know our hearts. Lord, you know that some have had a difficult week and some have been struggling with issues. And, and Father, some have received some difficult news. And, and Father, we pray your blessing on these that walk through the valley of the shadows this morning. Father, we pray that your Holy Spirit would surround them with your, with your word and with your spirit and with your life-sustaining strength to lift them up and hold them to you. Father, some, Lord, come today, and it's, it's a great, wonderful, and it's been a beautiful week, and great things have happened, and great news has come their way. And Father, I pray, Lord, that you would cause their cup to overflow even more. And Father, the rest of us who are somewhere in between that, I'm asking, Father, that you would just let your presence settle upon us according to our need. Father, as we look into your word, let it speak out clearly, loudly into our hearts and lives. Father, as we look into your word, this that we have before you, we, we recognize these are your words. These are your thoughts spoken and written through your prophets and through your followers. And so, Father, might once again they speak clearly and distinctly into our lives. And, Father, I pray today again, Lord, according to your will, but, Father, may it be so that you would clothe yourself with this form Father, that you would guide and guard the words of this mouth. That, Father, that you would speak clearly and distinctly into our lives. And, Father, nothing would be confused by what comes out of this mouth or across these lips. And so, Father, we commit this time into your hands. I pray your blessing upon it. Holy Spirit, guide us and lead us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The writer of the Gospel of John, you, you know, well, you know a lot about him. You've read the stories. You've read the Word. You've meditated on it. You've thought about it probably. You've examined it. You've been in Bible studies on it. You've probably taught Bible studies on it. There's not a whole lot that probably you don't know about it. But this, this verse, notice this, in, in John chapter 20, verse 31, the writer, as he's coming down towards the end of the, of the gospel, there's only one chapter left. You notice that. And so as he's coming down to the end of it, he, he says of everything that was written, he says, but these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have Life in his name. That's, that's an interesting thought, isn't it? He says here, he says, there's a purpose why this book is written. He says, there's a purpose why these words are on these pages. 
Now, you know, people might say, well, you know, uh, perhaps, uh, perhaps the Bible is written so that, that we can know the history of, of this guy whose name was Jesus. Maybe, maybe it's written so that we can, we can understand some uh, archetypal literature. Right? Remember Bible study? Maybe this is written so that <clears throat> there's some moral truths that we can, we can pick out of the words. Maybe this is written for this reason or that reason or some other reason. Maybe this is written because someone didn't quite understand who this Jesus was and he wrote it all down and tried to make sense of it. But the writer himself says, this is the purpose that it was written. These are written that, so that you might believe. These words are written so that there might be something in your heart that would take root and faith would spring up and you would believe. Well, what, what, what would you believe? Well, maybe you'd believe about Jesus walking on the water. Maybe you believe this, maybe you believe that. Not necessarily all the individual, well, yes, all the individual things, but they all lead us to one thing. And he says this, he says that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ. Well, what do you mean Jesus is the Christ? Jesus is the Christ, and the, the word Christ means the anointed one. So Jesus is the anointed one, and then he goes on and he says, the anointed one, the Son of God. In other words, he's saying that I, John, I have written all of these things because I want you to understand. I want you to come to this, this place of faith. I want you to come to this place of knowledge, this place of understanding, this place of realization, this place of, of believing that Jesus is the Christ. He's the one we've been waiting for. All of this that he did was to show who he was. All of this that he did was to show what it could be like for you to live in that realm of the kingdom. I want you to understand I wrote all of this so that you can live like that. Right? That's what he went on and said. He said, I, I'm, I, I've written all these things so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and... Does the devil believe in Jesus? Oh, sure he does. I mean, that's, that's just a rhetorical question, isn't it? You know, the, the devil believes in Jesus. He does, doesn't he? All the angels believe in Jesus. All the demons believe in Jesus. Remember when, <clears throat> like John, he, he wrote, that he said, you know, the boat showed up on the shore one day after calming the water, and there was legion. And he came storming out of there, you know, foaming at the mouth and chains rattling off. And he, he said, what are you here for? Are you here to torment us at this point in time? I know who you are. Remember that? The demon said, we know who you are. Are you here to torment us before our appointed time? But so, you know, they know who he is. They believe he's the son of God. They believe he's the Messiah. They believe he's the anointed one doesn't do him any good. So there's something else. He says, he says, these things are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, that Jesus is the Son of God, and that by believing, I, I've, I've written all of this. I've written all the pages, all the stories, all the actions. I've written everything I've seen Jesus do, and it's for this reason, number one, that you would believe who he is, 
and that by believing who he is, it would affect your life so that you could have life. And that by believing, you may have life. Then he goes on, but life in his name. That's curious, eh? Life in his name. Is there anybody here who's dead? Raise your hand if you are. Uh, okay, I only got one back there. All right, he was a school teacher, so that explains it. <clears throat> I was in his class. <laughs> Some of us weren't that good. Uh, do you, ever, do you ever try to explain to someone what it is to be alive in Christ, and they're saying to you, well, well I'm alive. You know, I, I don't know if you know this, but you're not talking to a corpse. You know, I, I don't know if you know this, I'm not laying in a casket. I don't, I don't know if, if you know this, but I'm not in a funeral home. I'm alive too. So what's the difference between alive in Christ and being alive in alive? And John adds this, and that by believing you may have life in his name. Leaves look nice, eh? They looked better yesterday, didn't they, Carol? <laughs> they, they're, they're, they're becoming uh, fluorescent reds around, aren't they? And these, these they, they, uh, they still look good. You know, there's... There's greens and there's yellows and there's reds. And, um, and look at all the stuff, all the loot up here. I remember, Mrs. Hickey, when you used to do this, remember? And you'd always have these grapes and somebody took a grape. I remember Mrs. Hickey would do this and, and probably Norma and I'd come in Saturday night and I'd help myself to one or two grapes and I didn't, but somebody did. <coughs> Ken. <clears throat> but we, we notice all of this, and, it, and it's uh, symbolic to us of Thanksgiving, isn't it? And this Thanksgiving weekend, right? So this is all, I mean, there's potatoes. Them are sweet potatoes, right? Those are white potatoes. And we got some big cucumber over here, uh, zucchini and some beets and some cucumbers and carrots and apples and, and uh, not seeing any sauerkraut here, Alan. But there's, well, see, you got the cabbage. That's right. Sitting on your shoulders, probably. <clears throat> Did I say that out loud, Al? <laughs> never mind, never mind. Take it back. But you know, the harvest is, is in. And potato trucks and PEI, I think, are traveling, right? And they're digging potatoes, and there's corn. I was out, out there, and, uh, and Alex or Marshall's cutting his corn out there and going into silage. And, and all the harvest season is on, right? And you go to the lake, and there's, and there's beautiful... Uh, red leaves, and, and then when the lake is still, the reflection, it's, it's a beautiful time of year. I love fall. There's hardly any mosquitoes or black flies. You know, you can go and enjoy outside, and it's cool in the night, and it's warm during the day. It's a wonderful, wonderful time of year. Well, it got me thinking of, of all the seasons. How many seasons? We've got five seasons, right? We've got spring. We've got summer. We've got fall. We've got winter, and we've got, what's that? Did you say autumn? Oh, and hockey, that's right, and we've got hockey season. Right, Marty? Those are the five seasons of life that really matter. 
spring, summer, fall, winter, and hockey. <clears throat> and as, as I was thinking of the, of the seasons and I was thinking of Thanksgiving and all of this, I, I, uh, I got thinking of life, right? Because that's what we're talking about, that you might have life in his name. So I got thinking of life and I got thinking of life in the seasons and, and uh, I'm not a big fan of winter, you know? I, I'm, just, I'm just not, sorry about that. But I, uh, it's cold and it's windy and it's snowy and the, the snow blower blows snow back in your face, you know, and you get even colder and, <clears throat> and it just, I'm just not a fan of it. But, but springtime comes and, and life comes back up, right? The flowers and the little crocuses, the first ones, you know, and, and around the house, you know, because, you know, heat's escaping everywhere. You're, you know, you've got a little greenhouse thing going on right up close and you've got grass begins to turn. And, and you remember like in spring and you, and you pull the first little tufts of grass that come out right close to your house and you smell it. It's got that, that uh, nice green grass smell to it, you know, or you chew on it. It's got that, you know, that nice chlorophyll taste to it. You know, the spring is life is returning. And then, then summertime comes and you, you're into the mosquito and black fly season, you know, and you can't talk, you can't breathe, you know, because they're up your nose and in your mouth and in your ears and everything else. And, and all that season comes around. Then you got the nice warmth of, of August and then September and October, Thanksgiving. And all of this seems to be that, especially as if you're farming, you know, in the, and you harrow the fields and you plant the fields and you spray the fields. And, and then, then around August, sometimes September, they, the grain goes golden and you start combining, harvesting, making hay or, or, uh, or straw, you know, whatever it is that you, that you need. And that season of life, it, it goes around, you know, from spring, summer, fall, then resting in winter. And it, and it just kind of continues to go again. And, and as I thought about that, I thought of, I thought of how, uh, how there's rain and there's sun, there's stormy days, there's nice days, there's picnic days and there's days that you stay inside and huddle by the fire. There's <clears throat> wintry days and, and when, there, when it's really cold and, and you come in and you know, your, and your cheeks are, are red and, and your hands are numb and your, and your feet are cold and you get up by the fire and, and, it's, and it's so nice to be by a, a nice warm fire with homemade bread, right? The, the seasons, how they... How they, how they change. You got the warmth, and you got the storms, you got the planting, the harvesting, the resting. Life is what we're talking about. And life comes to us in so many seasons all the time, the spring, summer, winter, fall, and hockey. It happens like a cycle all around us. And we go through the, the, the joy of spring and the lazy days of summer and the, and the preparation days of fall and then the resting days of, of winter. But life sometimes happens in such a way that we forget what life is. We get wrapped up in living so much, we forget what life has in it. And one of the, one of the most favorite things I like to do in the spring is to go into the woods and cut a big spruce tree. I'm not so much for working hard, real hard in the woods, but go in, cut a big spruce tree, sitting on the stump, smelling the fresh cut spruce. You know what I'm saying? And you get that, uh, that, that early spring um, when everything's kind of thawing and there's, you get that, that musty smell and you got a little fire there and a, and a pot of tea and just sit there and put your back up against the tree and just smell that. Man, I like that. But you know what I noticed? You can't sit on the stump all year long. You can sit there for a little while, <clears throat> even during the day, but after a while you get, you get cramped up. 
You know, and I, I, can, I think to myself, I'm really liking this. But then I get cramped up, and then, I, then my tea gets cold, or my tea runs out, or it burns over there, or the fire goes out. You can't sit on the stump all the time doing just what you want to do and enjoying just that moment. It doesn't last for a few moments. It does, but it doesn't last for forever. That's not life. That's joy in life, but that's not life. To truly enjoy the warmth of summer, you need to experience the cold of winter. And the writer of John says, by believing, by believing, he said, I've written all these things so you might believe, and by believing that you have life in his name, life in his name. So I, <clears throat> I, thought, I thought to myself, Jesus said that a few times, didn't he? Didn't he say something about... Uh, Whatsoever you ask in my name, if you receive a little child in my name. So let's, let's, just, take a, let's just take a wander for, for a minute. And let's, if you've got your Bibles, turn over to uh, Luke chapter 9. Luke chapter 9, there's a passage of Scripture, and let's look at verse 48. And it talks about this. Where is that now? Here it is. Luke chapter 9, and it starts over here in verse 48. Now, let's start verse 46, because then we'll go down to, down to 48. It's only three verses there. Luke chapter 9. This is, Jesus talks about this business of in my name stuff. He said in verse 46, an argument started among the disciples as to which of them would be the greatest. And Jesus, knowing their thoughts, took a little child and had him stand beside him. Then he said to them, okay, so Jesus said, to, he said this to them, <clears throat> he said, whoever welcomes this little child in my name welcomes me. And whoever welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. For he who is least among you all is the greatest. <clears throat> so he said, whoever welcomes this little child in my name welcomes me, whoever welcomes me welcomes him who sent me. In my name, he said. So whoever welcomes this child and recognizes that by welcoming them in the name of Jesus the Christ, the Son of God, we are welcoming Jesus. And by welcoming Jesus, we're welcoming the Father. Now, John said that whoever believes, you know, so that you might believe and have life in his name. So <clears throat> there, is a, there is a theme, there's a thread that flows through this that to live life in Christ means that there are certain things that come along with the power and the presence and the activity of his name in your life. Grandparents, let's talk about you. Let's talk about you, parents, or you neighbors who have kids, or, or, uh, or teenagers who know littler kids, and, and you say, you know what? I want to draw closer to God. Welcome a child 
into your family, into your friendship circle, in the name of Jesus Christ. Now, it's easy to do if you like the person. Not so easy to do if you don't like them, right? That's, that's just the way it is. And, and, but, but if there's someone, let's say there's someone up down your street and, and, uh, <clears throat> and maybe they're not well behaved. Maybe, they're, maybe they have a really difficult situation surrounding them. And, and God is speaking to you and he's saying, he's saying to you, you know what, I need you to take this, this child on for me and help them where it's lacking in their home. I want you to pray for them. I want you to love them. I want you to help them. Maybe there's that family and I want you to surround them. And I want you to invite them into your circle in my name. And in the name of Jesus Christ, you do that. <clears throat> and Jesus says that, that that's part of living in the kingdom. I'm just gonna summarize. That's part of living in the kingdom that, that, that you who name the name of Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, if you stretch out and no longer, like we wanna eat all the time, right? I, I like to eat. We wanna eat all the time. We wanna sit at the table of God. We wanna digest the word. We want new thoughts. We want new things. We want new experiences around us. But sometimes Jesus says to us, he says, push away from the table. Because the harvest is huge, the harvest is real, and it's rich and it's white all around you. I need you to gather someone in close to you in my name. You understand what I'm saying? And when you do that, you are welcoming me into your circle. And you're not only welcoming me, you're welcoming he who sent me, my father, into your circle. <clears throat> Want to be closer to God? You want to have more of what God has for you? Try it. In his name, welcome in someone to you. Now, I want you to be aware of something. <clears throat> it's very likely it's not going to be any fun. Right? It's not. Uh, you, know, you know what I've noticed? I've noticed sometimes people have bad habits. I, uh, I forget where I was. I was someplace this week. They didn't know who I was. It's one of those situations. And every other word was an F word, you know? And I, it, was, it was, you know, blankety-blank this and blankety-blank that and blankety-blank something else. And uh, which, you know, people are people, and I would rather people just be who they are than to put on, you know, and then as soon as I leave, say, yeah, there, there goes the preacher. I had to change my language for the preacher. You know, so just be who you are. If that's who you are, you know, I don't particularly care for it, but, but it is who, who you are. But, but as we were talking, you know, I, I began talking about Christ. It was just natural. You know, they were talking about something going on and something happening and something in their family, and I just forget even what they were saying. But as they were talking, I couldn't help but think to myself, you know what, you're really miserable. And so I said, you know what, why, why are you so upset about this and that and something else? And they went on blankety-blank that and blankety-blank this and, and everything else. But, but as the conversation went around, I thought to myself, what would Jesus have done there? He, I don't think he would have walked away. I think he would understand that he was by the well waiting for this person in all of their lostness to be received in the name of Jesus, in his own name. And so by receiving him, here's the cool thing, by receiving him, you welcome into that environment the presence of the heavenly father. And if you look for him in that, 
You can't help but see him, even though the person is all full of warts and bad words. Whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. Sometimes uh, Osmel and I, in our conversations, um, he'll, he'll talk to me about a really stressful situation, and, and I might say one or two things myself. And, um, and we always come around to the same phrase, goes back and forth over the, over the conversation. Don't worry. God has the control. God has the control. I don't know what the answer is to this, but it's not my problem because God has the control. It's, it's all about him. I've given it to him, and, and I, I'm only being his representative, and I'm only going to do what he says. God has the control. Because when you live in life in the name of Jesus Christ, you recognize he has the control. When you welcome someone into your, into your life, a, a child in Jesus' name, he has the control. So let him have the control. Let him steer the ship. He has the control in his name. Whoever welcomes this child in my name welcomes me, welcomes him who sent me. Thus saith the word of God. Matthew chapter 18. If you, if you turn over to that just real quick. Matthew, there's another one over here. Matthew chapter 18 and verse, uh, verse 20, I guess it is. It says something here, uh, verse 20. No, not verse 20. Matthew, oh yeah, wait a minute. Matthew 18. Is that the one? Oh yeah, there it is. Again, I, well, verse 19, uh, just to give you some background. Again, I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything you ask, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. Because, or four, where two or three come together in my name, there I am with them. Gather in my name. I am there with them. Interesting thing, uh, as, as fire season is on us, you know, and there's wood stoves and all that kind of stuff, um, as, you, as, you, as you, you know, do this, and you all know this because most of you all have wood stoves and wood fires, that when you take the coals, I really like taking the, the, the um, you know, the big chunks of black wood that haven't burned. It's not charcoal yet, is it? But it's some kind of stuff. And you, and you, and you can, and when they're glowing red, I notice that you can, you can blow on them a little bit and they will glow brighter, right? Because more oxygen and, and the fire takes on a little bit. But I've noticed something really curious. That if, you, if you take three of them and put two side by side and one on top, always like a little space in between, then blow, a fire rises up above it, but it's a pure gas fire. It was really curious. And sometimes it blows blue, the, the flame, you know, which I think to myself, you know, I wonder what kind of gas is in that, or if that's just the hydrogen and it's separating from the CO2 and all the other stuff that happens in that thermochemical reaction. And I could tell you all about that, but I find it really interesting that as those coals gather together, the fire grows higher more than just the glowing of the coal. And Jesus here is saying something along the same lines. He's saying that where two or three gather in my name, I will be there with them. But that, that key thought that in my name, in my name invokes his presence. 
in my name speaks about living in his presence. In John chapter 20 and verse 31, it says, by believing, you may have life in my name. We gather in his name. We welcome people in, in his name. And we, you know, as, as all of these things, they, they both speak about, about one thing. You notice that, right? When he said about the kids, whoever receives one of these in my name, you're welcoming me. You're invoking me. You're, you're inviting me into the circle. When you receive someone in my name, you're welcoming me. Welcome you. Wait a minute now. I know that if I go to uh, many of your homes, I'll hear these words. Welcome. Come on in. I've never yet heard someone say, welcome. You stand right there. Just don't, uh, don't, don't get across. Only that ever happened to me once. Don't even cross the threshold there. I want you to, you know, you're not coming in here. I said, uh, never mind, I won't tell you that story. <clears throat> Welcome. Come on in. When we receive a little child in his name, we welcome him in. And he says, where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there with you. You see, it invokes his presence into our daily lives all the time. Now, in John chapter 14, we, we, let's just turn over to there real quick. John chapter 14, um, there's, a, there's another passage here that's really quite interesting. In verse 26, John 14, 26. Where did that go? That's somewhere right around here. And last, uh, verse 25 starts the paragraph, so it says, uh, John 14, 26. But let's start verse 25. All this I have spoken while still with you, but the counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name. There it is again. But the counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have said to you. <clears throat> what does that say? The counselor, the Holy Spirit. The counselor. Counselor is somebody you go see when you, when you don't know what to do next. And they'll give you counsel. Now, a counselor can be a lawyer because maybe you don't know what to do and maybe, maybe something's happened and you need that expert advice on something. Or maybe a counselor, it's a financial counselor. You need, you need help with finances or money, you know, that sort of thing. And, or, or, or maybe the counselor is you know, someone because of relationships and you go see them because, because you know, your wife just keeps talking and, and you're in the next room and you can't hear anymore and now she's mad at you because you didn't understand what they said. You need a counselor. You need someone to say, pay attention. Listen to what's being said. You don't have to listen to the words, but just listen to what's being said. Say, nod every once in a while. Say, yes, dear. It'll all be good. <clears throat> but the Holy Spirit here, he says, but the counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name. He will teach you. And he will remind you. He'll remind you of everything I said and teach you things that you need to know. He who receives a little child in my name welcomes me and him who sent me. Two or three who gather in my name, you understand that I am there. But understand also that in my name, 
The counselor, the Holy Spirit, the Father will send in my name. And he'll teach you and remind you. If we were to take more time and look at John 14, 13 and 14, John 15, verse 16, John 16, verse 23, 24, you would find more of those ideas of in my name. Ask whatever you want in my name and it will be. You know, whatsoever you ask, you know, in my name, it will be. You'll find them all there. You find that living life in his name is different than wandering over the world, making your own way, wondering why storms happen, wondering why every day I can't be sitting on a stump in the woods having my, having my tea, wondering why bad things happen, why good things happen. I'm some lucky today. I'm some unlucky today. Things happen just randomly, we say. But when you live life in his name, there is purpose. In his name, there is life. In his name, there is, there is this whole idea, this is not my problem. God said he's in control. I'm giving it over to him. If I need more, in, more of him in my life, I'm gonna bring more people into the circle in his name because he said he would also come. And then I'm gonna to gather together with other people who are like me. And in his name, they will, his presence will be here with us. We're gonna live life in the name of Jesus Christ. There's a bad side to this, a downside also. <clears throat> and very quickly, I just mentioned it to you. Matthew 24, Luke, or Mark chapter 13, and Luke 21. Jesus says this. He says, be careful. Because the church will understand what it means to live life in Jesus' name. Be careful. Because many will come in my name saying, I am he. It struck me, why, why would the enemy do that? Why would the enemy come in with a false prophet and say, I come to you in Jesus' name? You know why? Because they recognize how much power is in the name of Jesus Christ. They recognize that the church is called to live life in his name. They recognize that the church of Jesus Christ is, is, is called that, that, their, that their lives, this is, this is not like a hamburger, right? You go to McDonald's, you order a hamburger and say, what do you want on your hamburger? Well, maybe not McDonald's, doesn't do that, but they say, you, you know, do you, want a, do you want a Big Mac, a quarter pounder? You want cheese on that or not? This is not like your life is a hamburger and you, you apply the gospel like a slab of cheese onto the hamburger. They pass it out the window and you drive away. This is not that at all. This is a whole different way of living life in his name, right? The writer says here in John, he says, I've, I've taken all this time. I've studied the life of Christ. I've looked through everything that, he've done, that he's done. I've watched the seasons of his life. I've watched the good things and the bad things. I saw him die on the cross and I saw him be raised again. And I'm telling you something. I'm telling you all this in the name of Jesus Christ so that you can believe in it as well, that you can have life in his name, not like how you've been living. See, that's what he's saying. So here's my question. Said all that, now is my introduction. I got 10 minutes to do the sermon. Said all that to say this. Are you living your life in his name? Or are you living his, your life in your name? Think about it. In whose name are you living your life? Let's pray.
Our Father, <clears throat> this morning, Lord, we are thankful for the opportunities that we have to live life in your name. Father, your word just, it, it oozes, it drips this, this business of new life in you, not like the world lives, not life filled with selfishness and not life filled with all the agonies of what is or what might be according to our strength or our ability, but Father, understanding that you have a plan, understanding that you're in control, and in the name of Jesus Christ, your Son, who is our Savior, Lord, we embrace this life in you. We gather together, Father, as two or three, and we look for you because you have promised to be here as we gather in your name. And Father, we, we welcome children of the faith into our circles in your name. And we recognize, Father, we're welcoming you. Father, we welcome them into the circles as your word says in Matthew 25, you know, when we give a glass of cold water or a meal in your name, we do it unto you. Father, help us in this Thanksgiving season, in this season of leaves and season of harvest and season of thankfulness. Father, help us to live our lives not as the world lives, but to live life in your name. Father, sometimes problems overwhelm us. We don't know what to do. But we do know there's a counselor who can help us in your name. Father, sometimes there's major decisions on the horizon. We, we don't know which way to turn, but we do know that, that there's a spirit of truth that'll show us the way in your name. Father, sometimes we hear terrible words from our doctor. We don't know what to do. But Father, we know that in your name, there is life everlasting. Father, I, I pray for these folks who are here, Lord. We're going to sing this last song, Lord. You know the schedule. And, but Father, as, as we sing, I'm asking, Lord, that you would touch our hearts, for we've come to meet with you. But Father, bless each one in such a way, Father, that, that our lives would be changed. Lord, and we would, we would intentionally, we would grasp onto this, that we'd live our lives in Jesus' name. And the fullness of all that that means would wash over our families, wash over our church, 
Wash over our workplaces. So, Father, as we sing this last song, Lord, I know there's things you want to say quietly and privately to the individual. And, Father, I commit each one into your hands. Lead us, Lord, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.